Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. Here we go. It is hour number two of the GBAG Nation, 105.3 The Fan. Hope you're having a great day. Lucius Alexander is in the Pimp Cup here on a frosty and icy football Monday. Uh, reacting to the NFC title game and where the Cowboys go from here. You have Carter Freeman coordinating your video. You can watch us at 105thethefan.com, Twitch, and YouTube. Traffic slowing down pretty good on Central coming in. Flowing decently moving north, though. You got some fog along with the rain. Temperature under 30. I don't know how slick it is out there. Be careful. There's Brian Broaddus, former Cowboy Scout NFL executive, and here he is. The woolly bully himself with the Cowboys news of the day. Wolchuk. What is cooking, baby? Stay safe out there. Seriously. Uh, and text in, you know, what, what's what's popping. Already gotten uh, some sleet and snow reported in the Metroplex, in uh, Plano, Duncanville, you name it. Uh, I know you're everywhere and we love you. 877-881-1053. And Eric didn't want to drive in it, but I think really the, the truth was he got a little too, went a little too crazy for his birthday. So oh, I know I'm, that's I'm, right. I'm thinking yeah. of him today, uh, but... Got a 72-hour hangover. We got to give some love to Tyler Biotis to kick off the Cowboys news. Oh, well, you got something on your mind. No, man. I was just looking. I'm watching, you know, in our studio here, watching Mahomes move around. He didn't have a high ankle sprain, did he? Oh, yeah. He didn't have a high ankle sprain. Yeah, he did. Did he? You could, you could yeah. see him towards the end when the Tordal wore off in the fourth quarter. You think so? He started to feel it a little more. All yeah. right. I just kind of wondered if, you know, did we, did we have a misdiagnosis there. He hit it well. Yeah. He hit it well. No, no. Oh, he's going to jump here? Yeah, no, no. He's going to jump. He could not, no. He's going to jump. Don't accuse him of going Steve Young. Yeah, I think he That was, was the real he, deal. Yeah. I thought there was some Steve Young. I don't know. Maybe high ankle sprain? Maybe an ankle sprain? I don't know about I think high. he had it. All I right. think he did. All right. That's Tiger Woods with a broken tibia and a torn ACL dominating Rocco Mediate in the 2009 U.S. Open. That's what that was, Brian. Oh. Don't you take that from me. That was legendary. <laughs> it was legendary stuff. Tyler Biotis is going to the Pro Bowl. He has been named as an alternate for Jason Kelsey, who will be playing in the Super Bowl. But congratulations to the Cowboys center. Tyler Biotis making his first Pro Bowl trip. Can't wait to see him there. I'll tell you what. He got better as the season wore on. And there was, you know, there was some talk there about him, you know, last year, you know, when he was, when he got the opportunity and was he picking everything up? Was he doing all the reads and stuff? I mean, his game got completely, completely changed and credit to him, you know, having to deal with what was going on at left guard next to him. Yeah. You know, with a lot you know, of change in and out of the players they had. So he, he handled all that very, very well. We had Tyler on, uh, it, it was early summer. And we were downtown. It's a World Cup thing. They were making a big World, World Cup. Cup announcement. Yes, that's yeah. right. And yeah. and he joined us, and and he talked about how he hadn't done anything fun the entire off season because he was just working out. 
who's like, yeah, I think I'm going to go to Wisconsin and see my family for like two days, but then I'm back to the gym. So he was super committed because he knew this could be a, a make it or, or break it year. And, and, and Biotish is great. It seems like a player that, you know, the Cowboys really need to bring back. Uh, in Denton, uh, Clayton says it, it was thunder sleeting earlier. It's Ooh. icy and slick. Major roads are fine. Neighborhoods and parking lots are icy, says the 214. 817, avoid bridges, very icy. Okay. Okay, it's starting. George Bush heading south from 35 at a standstill, 6 to 682. Back to Woolchuck. Thank you very much. I was driving in, and it was uh, a little bit of rain, and as soon as it would hit the windshield, the windshield it was immediate freeze. Like, oh, this kind of sucks, and the heater doesn't work very well. So I do have the heated seats, and that'll get kind of warm. So I'm basically, like, switching hands on the wheel, other ones under the rear, just to keep it warm. And yeah. then I'll switch, boom, under the rear. Wow, you know, I'm, I'm doing bro. what I can here to just try and stay. So, I'm, I mean, I'm going to have to hustle home. Let's get that hope, into the shop. Hope the roads can, aren't that bad. Somebody can take care of Woolchuck's heat. Yeah, but can I also ask a question? And I know people talk about this all the time with car. Gavin, you, you sound like that you packed a complete disaster kit. I do, car- yeah. Yeah, when the weather gets bad, I always have a big jug of water. Okay. Okay, I have long underwear. I have pants and then an extra change of socks <laughs> and shoes. Okay. This is all in the Scooby-Doo van? Yeah, it's loaded. It's it's locked and loaded. It's ready to go. I have flares. I have a battery pack that could uh, could jumpstart a vehicle. How about a generator? You know how to use that generator? I, don't, I, don't, I do know how to use the generator. I don't take the generator oh, with me. But okay. yeah, I'm, I'm fully prepared for uh, being stranded. Having to walk, having to stay the night in the van. You know, I don't take anything to chance. You could slide off the road down a ravine. Nobody can see your your lights blinking. You got to survive down there eight, 12 hours with a broken leg. You know, you're not coming out of that thing until it warms up. So you, you got to be ready. You got to be ready. Call somebody. Would you call somebody? I probably would. Would you put on your thermals then call somebody? He's a do yourself kind of guy. Are you kidding me? Uh, 911. You never know. Uh, I've fallen down a ravine. I like being I'm ready. At, I'm at mile marker. I think I can't get I'm in, I'm in old East Dallas. Yeah. You might not be able to see me. I'm in a Scooby-Doo van. I'm down here, but I've got water, maybe, extra clothes, and hey, some socks if anybody needs any. Maybe, maybe when you rolled, your car went flying out of the window. Okay, and you went flying out of the, it's it's in the creek. Oh, your phone! My phone went out flying out of the window. Okay, it's all possible, Brian. Yeah. I'm going to say your phone never leaves your hand. So I'm going to say phone is in hand as you're rolling, <laughs> and that thing is you will let go of the wheel before you let go of that phone. Fair enough, it's true. Fair and enough. honestly, you know, I, I do hey, the same I'll thing. I'll tell you what, I'm 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 not making. G- Gavin's right though. If you you know they they tell you to pack that stuff, and he, that's it's that's, smart. That's actually a really. He's I'm I'm not trying to pull funny. my man card for it. I know. I actually I I wish I would have done the same. No, thing. you're thinking ahead. <laughs> when you said all that, I'm like, gosh, I'm, I'm going to the so Mavs game tonight. Watch so me roll down a ravine. Yeah. Seriously, I just don't want to have to get out and walk. Walk in yeah, like shoes. I, I want to have boots and a, and, a, and a dry pair of socks. It's That's always really what it comes prepared. down to. It. Then I add a few other things. Always good. Like right. some like donuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah. donuts, uh, not just a few. Sugar crisps. <laughs> John Mishoda of the Athletic has some uh, replacement Kellen Moore coordinator names well, here for John's us. John's doing some work because nobody else does. Yeah, uh, I put out a list uh, last week. Now I don't think that any of those names. No, there's a couple of names that I had, and, and he's got on here as well. But some of them are, are different. Now I think we can rule out one of them that he's got. Maybe two, Brian. You can give me feedback. Now he does have Brian Schottenheimer on here. 
Yeah. Consultant on the Cowboys staff last season. He helped Moore and Quinn on game planning and preparation for future opponents. He was the passing game coordinator for the Jags in 2021. He was the offensive coordinator for the Seahawks from 18 through 2020. And McCarthy's first NFL coaching job as an offensive quality control coach was under Marty Schottenheimer, of course, Brian's dad. So you've got the relationship there. Uh, And we've discussed his name quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's a name I like to throw out there because of familiarity. You know, kind of feel like that's what Mike might do, but... And there's some people in the organization. Again, we'll see at 4 o'clock. Todd Archer, he's hooked up this thing pretty strong. Let's see what he says about that. Ben McAdoo is the second name that we That's you also brought up. I would keep an eye on that one. Now, then. McAdoo essentially had the role that Schottenheimer took over last year. Helping the defensive coaches. And then he got the Panthers offensive coordinator job. OC. But with Frank Reich now being the new head coach there, he has been relieved. Bye-bye, so Miss America. Now he's a free agent. Yeah, yeah. So maybe Ben McAdoo returns, uh, and, and I think a lot, most Cowboy fans probably know him as the former Giants offensive coordinator and head coach yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, he has that uh, that play sheet that's uh, like the what's the what's the place the Cheesecake Factory menu? Yes, it's oh, like a Rob Ryan style. Oh, there, it's by got the, the way. Cheesecake Factory menu. You know that thing? It's like about 175 items on there. That's oh, what he's yeah. got working. Yeah, Brian Johnson, quarterback coach of the Eagles. Now this was the name I, I referenced on the show yeah. last week, and I like the tie here. Because he was Dak Prescott's quarterback coach Mississippi at Mississippi State. State. Good call. He's done a fantastic job with Jalen Hurts and his improvement. And he was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach at Florida in 2020. Then joined the Eagles staff. And he is one of those young, up-and-coming coaches sure in the NFL. Sure is. So, especially if it's a guy where Mike McCarthy is going to be your play caller but you just want to add a guy one, he can maybe help Dak's development. Uh-huh. He's got familiarity with your quarterback. Uh-huh. I think that's definitely a name that I would might, love to look at and at least talk to. Might be a thing that you can weaken them with, too. By no the question. Way, knowing the ins and outs of their team, a division rival, I think that helps. Yep, you take from them, you add yourself. Right. Cliff Kingsbury, and I know that's a sexy name on the truckwreck.com fan text. and We'd have to make a long-distance call there. You've got the A&M, you've got the Texas Tech ties. But, Cliff, the offense didn't work in Arizona, but to the point we've been making, and this is a guy that I don't think he would not want to call the plays. If you were to bring in Cliff Kingsbury, I don't think this is a, hey, I'm taking you know some some pressure off of he, yeah, Coach McCarthy. He I think wants this to is, call plays. This is his offense. Yeah, he would call plays. It would be his offense. But the good thing about him, if you're Jerry Jones, he's getting paid for the next several years by the Arizona Cardinals. So you would just have an offset there if you want to save some money and have an OC. Yeah. Uh, you also have Zach Robinson. Now, this would also be one of those moves. Rams? Yeah, quarterback coach of the Rams right, right now. Right. Now, this is a guy that I don't think that is ready to take over as a full-on play caller uh, because he didn't get the offensive coordinator job that was available in L.A. with the Rams. Now, maybe that was just due to McVay and LaFleur, Mike LaFleur, yeah. are such good friends. He became available. McVay's like, I got you, bro. Yeah. I got you a job. But Zach Robinson is another one of those young up-and-coming names. Uh, you can say what you want. Hey, maybe you don't think he's a great quarterback coach, but he he does have some love right there uh, around I the NFL. I didn't know who the hell Zach Taylor was before he got to Cincinnati. Very true. Yeah. So he's a guy that if McCarthy's calling the plays, I wouldn't mind him coming in and being your OC and see what he can do. But he, And he's also going to bring you some of that McVay tree, maybe some of that creativity Ooh, as well. From L.A. Absolutely. Clint Kubiak, 35-year-old, was with Denver as their passing game coordinator and his, quarterbacks coach last year. His brother's a scout 
on the Cowboys currently. Ooh. And Dad Gary Kubiak, yes. we know that name very, yes. very well. Yes. He was the Vikings OC in 2021. Yeah. Had mixed reviews there. Yes. So that's a name to consider. And then your guy that we mentioned that you thought, hey, former offensive line coach with McCarthy, James Campen, but you've pretty much said Carolina, no go. He's not yeah, leaving Carolina the Yeah, Carolina guys tell me he's untouchable. They got him and another guy on that defensive staff that are untouchable is what is what my guys were saying. Mm. Uh, so those are kind of the guys. And, and I would like to throw in uh, Bill Slowick of the San Francisco 49ers, mm. who I believe is their passing game coordinator. Uh, Krista Forrester, I did not realize he was the same guy that had the little bit of a cocaine issue with the Miami Dolphins several years back. Now, maybe he's grown out of that. Oh, oh wow, that, what a yeah, great story. The same yeah, that guy. was a good story. And we played the audio of it on the Nosebleed Seats when we were a podcast, and I was like, this name sounds familiar, he but is there's an no line way. coach, yeah. Yeah, there's no way it's the same guy. But maybe, look, I don't know, maybe you could pl- pry him away if you wanted to. And I don't know if he'd be your overall play caller either. I'd offer him a little more, maybe. Yeah, like so maybe he could, he could he fill could both entice, roles for you. Entice him a little bit. Because certainly San Francisco's had a great line, so he can be your offensive no, knows about a line. line coach yeah. and uh, your OC in title, but then yeah. McCarthy's actually going to call the plays. Yeah. And he brings you some of that sprinkle dinkle of the Kyle Shanahan formula. Oh, he'll bring some sprinkle dinkle. Yeah, yeah. he certainly yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's do a little <laughs> Would You Rather, if you don't mind. Okay, boys. let's go. Blogging the boys. Woo, rather. Free agency edition. I'm going to give you a two cowboy free agents. You tell me which one you'd rather keep. Donovan Wilson, Leighton Vander Esch. Would you rather? Uh, Leighton Vander Esch. I think Donovan Wilson's kind of overrated. He's an aggressive player. Overrated. That's why he flashes on the screen from time to time. But there's an element I, I just can't trust with Donovan Wilson. Give me Donovan Wilson because I don't trust the health of Leighton Vander Esch. It's fair. All right. Blogging the boys' verdict. And I tend to agree. Leighton Vander Esch, keep him. Gosh. Football guy over here, supposedly. I know. And I like I, th- I th- those are two guys that I think ultimately I you need to keep. I'm going to get my emergency keep. pack ready here. No. You're, I think you need to keep Donovan Wilson. I don't disagree with you. I think these are two guys you need to keep. And I think the Cowboys are going to end up benefiting because the rest of the league is going to also be fearful of the I injuries. Would, you know what? I You should absolutely keep Donovan. I mean, excuse me, you should keep Leighton Vander Esch because. What did you see from Clark and what did you see from Cox? I also don't think that's a position you're going to be able to upgrade this offseason because it's a weak draft class at linebacker. Oh, really? Did you watch yeah. the Tulane kid play? Haven't seen the Tulane kid yet, no. Watch him. You like him? Okay. Yeah. I'll give him a look. That kind of excites me. Yeah. I'm pumped. Uh, would you rather T.Y. Hilton or Connor McGovern? Um, I want to upgrade at that spot, and I might want to draft a tackle and move Tyler over there. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep T.Y. Hilton. McGovern. Ooh, split verdict. Let's keep Connor McGovern. We're gonna get a better wide receiver for you. Don't worry, Gavin. Doubt it. We're gonna find good. We're gonna find good <laughs> like receivers. Uh, he's, he's gonna. He's, he's thinking about Gallup and all that. Don't worry. You can't have enough good linemen, and I still think we can find an, another. And, and Gavin lineman will. To bring se- in and here. Gavin will tell you that that is really Connor McGovern a good lineman. Connor McGovern's going to go get $8 bucks to play somewhere. He yeah. go. You're, probably, you're probably right about that. I think that. between the two, the more likely to return is T.Y. Hilton. I think somebody I, else also overpays McGovern. Yeah, you see a guy that can play guard and play center. Right, there's versatility there. All right, final one. Would you rather Carlos Watkins or Anthony Brown? I'll take Anthony Brown. Uh, no, uh, can I have neither? Uh, neither? I'll take Anthony Brown. No, I'll take Anthony Brown, yeah. Man, I'll tell you what. I think I could do better at corner because of what I've seen so far in the draft. Mm-hmm. I like what I did with Bland. Give me 
Carlos Watkins. I think there's something about the way he plays. We're, we're going to sign Brown to like a rehab deal, though. He's going to get healthy after Thanksgiving. And if you're if you're lacking depth at corner, here comes Anthony Brown starting quality. That's my thinking there. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally – these have been some difficult decisions. But to me, I kind of feel like that I've seen – I know that it looked train wreckish, but they kind of figured some things out with Mukwamu and then Bland. And if you add another one, it may be better than, than Brown. So that's kind of why I went that direction. Blogging the boys' verdict agrees with you, General, in Anthony Brown. I, though, having looked at these right. corners, I'm with that you. blogging the boys. I don't know why you look at that garbage. Let's now. stockpile totally on the corners. Wow. Totally kidding. Those are my guys. You hear that, RJ? No, we no. love you. Those are good people over there. <laughs> he kids because he cares. I might, go Watkins. I might yeah, go Watkins as yeah. well. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Bully Bully. Anything else? No, that's it. That's it. Great segment. Hey, when we come back, G-Bag Nation. Uh, what do you think of the Cowboys' new play caller? We can talk about what we expect Mike McCarthy to bring to the table. We're heading for the best of the weekend coming up at 340. And then Todd Archer is going to join us, one of the Cowboys' uh, best beat writers on the beat. Todd Archer joins you coming up at 4 o'clock right here. It's the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, sir. Welcome back, nation. I couldn't believe what Brian was saying a while back about Patrick Mahomes and me not being hurt. How legendary was that? At 877-881-1053. What do you compare it to? Some of the greatest, guttiest postseason performances where if it's the regular season, you're not going to play. But it's the playoffs. So you get that damn shot. You take a couple of those and down the hatch they go. You man up. You wrap the hell out of it. Uh, But then you bear down. And in moments where your team really needs you, you say, okay, I'm just going to ignore the pain and drive through it. And the greats, Kobe was amazing at this. It would always drive me crazy. Carl Malone was amazing at this can sort of grit their teeth and still perform for brief periods of time, you know? Um, there's a great samurai uh, saying, and I forget what it was from. Maybe it was from Ghost Dog, uh, a fantastic movie, that even when a samurai is finished and he knows I have lost, if he focuses hard enough, he can still execute one move to down his enemy with him, Right? If you're focused and you want it enough, if if you are trained enough and you have your energy fixed in a certain way, Brian. I thought the samurai was like if they knew they were losing, they kind of take themselves out. Well, that too. You know, if they had lost honor, you know, in some yeah. way, they, they would off themselves, you know, and I think they would never be captured. But yeah. if you're in a one-on-one duel, the guys run you through with this blade right in your heart. You're like, dang, oh, this you're is the done. end. Yeah, you're done. You know, most, most people that weren't focused and trained would be like, oh, this sucks. But if you got... If you got the heart of the samurai or if you're Patrick Mahomes, say, you know what? I might have lost this, but this guy's going down with me. And I, I uh, you know, maybe that's a bit of a stretch. Uh, maybe it's, you know, not quite life and death. But point holds. Superstars, when their teams need them, they have a way of blocking out the pain and performing close to 100%. I think that's what you saw with Patrick Mahomes. The fact that he did it with his legs beating a guy to the first down marker in Osai who was coming like a freight train 
and getting through there. I think this is going to be one of those plays that we that we see in NFL films for years and contributes to the Patrick Mahomes legacy in a very, very significant way. I agree. I, I, I think that was a legacy type of game for, for Mahomes. Doing it against Burrow 1 and all the trash talk, which we will have for you for best of the weekend coming up on the other side, yeah. uh, you could see that, that that definitely annoyed the Chiefs locker room. 100%. And it annoyed Patrick Mahomes. And Mahomes went out there. I, I think he was definitely feeling that ankle. And I think the more that game wore on, the harder it got. And in that fourth quarter, you could tell there were certain throws he couldn't step into. He's having to kind of jump and, and throw elevated in the air there. He does I, that anyway, doesn't he? His, he does his that. Feet are never, his feet are never there, set there when he throws the ball. There were plays he couldn't make and was inaccurate with the football. A play over the middle to Marquez Valdez-Scantling on a third down, and they had to end up punting. Yeah. But I think you could tell the ankle's not right, or else maybe that's a completed pass. He could only really scramble left because that was the foot he had to plant on. You know, so he would scramble left and like pivot on that somehow and reach up on one foot and, and throw it. And, you know, throughout the game, he loses two of his outside threats. Yes. So he's got nobody that he can throw the ball to. And he's like, well, crap, I'll just I'll just run for this first down and he's see what we can MVS make of this boys. Look like a Pro Bowl caliber receiver. He loses yep. Juju. He loses Tony. I mean, I, I thought he was fantastic yesterday. It might have been his best playoff performance. The enemy's over here trying to scheme Kelsey one on one. Uh, and and the damn Bengals call timeout. Nope, yeah. you can't do that. We're going to make some defensive adjustments. Look out for them trying to get Kelsey one-on-one on the outside. We can't let them do that. So, you know, it, it was obviously a, a game that had grinded to a halt. Both defenses were playing really, really well. Yeah. And, and Patrick Mahomes, I believe, with a severely sprained ankle. His coach, uh, his no, the GM, Brett Veach, last night says, people don't realize how hurt he was. We all saw the injury. Sometimes guys miss two, three weeks, and he was out there That's running for a first now. down. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're just not buying it. I'm just. I'm saying he was hurt, but I'm you know high ankle sprain. I'm kind of calling. I'm calling that one out. I am. I'm just you know. I, I saw he got hurt, but you know, to me, if you know, freaking hater over here. Not a hater, but if, you know, hey, give the doctors from Kansas City a lot of credit. They did what they yeah. had to do to get that thing right. I mean, you know what hydrocodone can do, though. Sure. You were, you were slipping those to Brett Favre for years, and, and he would play through all kinds of injuries that nobody else could. No, I knew who was slipping them to him. I would never got to do it myself. <laughs> I, would bring him, I would bring him a Miller Lite is what I would do. I was bringing him the, the beverage so he could take them. Right. That's what I was to get on the list where he got to yeah. be the one to bring them. Yeah, I don't know. They, watch me. Yeah, they'll, they'll go back and probably try people for that one this is fun though okay so cbs sports did put out a list of some of the gutsiest nice. performances. let's go Wolchuk. we got jack youngblood with the broken leg now his leg was broken in the super bowl you're buying that one i am actually, he actually played with a broken yeah. leg yeah. okay my, my brother played a half a soccer game at goalkeeper with a broken leg yeah. it's doable if the right bone breaks yeah. there's one down there by the ankle that another one's kind of supporting okay yeah, yeah you don't need the supporting bones to yeah. break yeah you had rod woodson who tore his ACL and injured his MCL while, tr- while trying to tackle Barry Sanders in the 95 season opener and then played the whole season with it. I'll just take a brace. That's ridiculous. Uh, T.O. in the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Who also was on, what, a broken leg? Yeah. High, that was a high ankle sprain slash yeah, that was, broken that was ankle severe. bone. Might as well have been broken, yeah. So those are just a few that they put on theirs. And then there's one Tom Brady Wait a minute. One, oh, so you guys are telling me that that, that one, okay, you, you we don't have you guys don't have the reference point of the 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 Youngblood one, but the other ones was that performance. I've interviewed Jack Youngblood. I, I 
Did you ask him yeah. about that? Uh, we did. Uh, we interviewed him two years ago as well. Super Bowl Radio Row. We were one of the only shows that, for whatever reason, wanted the guy. He was great. We asked him about it. Yeah. Did you really ask? It's him his him? favorite story to tell. Are you kidding me? Everybody asked him about. He's it. He's a legend. Okay. We'll probably see him in. Okay. Arizona. We're good. So, do you think what what Mahomes did is on par? Not over oh, the broken impressive. leg. No. More impressive. More impressive. Over I think he was dealing leg. with more discomfort. Yes, because the ankle is a moving part down there. You know, the the leg, it's being supported by the other bone. You got the fibula and the tibia down there, right? Fibia, tibula, something like I, I, that. I, I, I like the you got doctor, two different ones. Like okay, doctors doc- weigh in. Doctors, please What's weigh in. What's more impressive, Youngblood or Mahomes? Doctors at 877-881-1053. I'm not one, but I, I try to pretend I, I, to be one on the radio. <laughs> okay, Mahomes, how legendary at 877-881-1053. And then McCarthy. Okay, let's get three going at once here. What do you think the, about the job McCarthy is going to do? We've, we've talked about this amongst ourselves a couple of times will he make the team better um is, is this going to be an improvement over over Kellen Moore he is a Super Bowl winning uh, play caller or is this just a coach who's who's maybe passed his prime a little bit maybe the game's passed him by and he knows that the Joneses know it that's why they want to kill him more to, to call the plays but he he is just he's grasping at the reins as he prepares to be a lame duck coach and is like well I, I want to be more in control of my future here which one of, of those is it to you guys I think it's more the latter now, it's not to say that that doesn't end up being a win. Maybe McC- I, I'm really excited to see what Coach McCarthy has in terms of his ability to call plays now. Like, is this going to be what Aaron Rodgers was rolling his eyes and scoffing at at the end of his tenure in Green Bay? Or did the whole going into the barn and we're going to go ahead and adapt and I'm changing everything, and much like we've seen the evolution of Dan Quinn, is the evolution of Mike McCarthy a real thing? Because if it is, I think this is going to work. And then Mike McCarthy can flex and dunk on all of us. If it isn't, you're going to have a new head coach and possibly a new quarterback in a year. I don't think we're going to see the new Mike McCarthy. I think that was a writer's invention. I think he's going to try to take us back to the future um, uh, by, by being more Run, traditional. West Coast, that kind of stuff. Well, maybe if they if if they think their guy can handle some of those uh, you know timing and anticipation yeah. type of accurate yeah, throws that, that, that you need tough. to run a West Coast, right? Um, then yeah, I I could see them uh, doing that, but you know I do think Mike has been. Here's the thing with Mike, a quarterback guru by trade. That's how he made his name uh, as he came up through the NFL. He knows what a quarterback needs. He knows in the pocket what a quarterback is experiencing. And he is he's tweaked things in a way that's helped guys be the best version of themselves. Kellen Moore, like, was all cerebral. He was the smartest guy. I don't know if he could really break out of trying to do what he thought was the best in order to maximize Dak. You know, I think he's off in his laboratory thinking he's out thinking the NFL and trying to prove that his passing concepts are going to get an edge when he needed to look at his quarterback and be like, this guy's not the guy to execute my vision. I think Mike McCarthy is going to be more honest with himself when he said Kellen Moore has been very aggressive these last couple of years. That was a very clear indication that he thought we're get, we're putting too much on Dak's arm. And I know that like the analytics guys are going to say, but but the passing game is so much better than the running game. And 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 you look at the raw numbers and it is. But for most players, uh, Dak is is very much he might be the shining example of this. You have to make the opposition respect the hell out of your running game in order to get the most out of your quarterback. And Kellen Moore ignored that opening game against Tampa. And then he ignored that against Green Bay. It's two games right there. 
two games right there that I, if I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm saying he cost us those games. We, sh- we Maybe we should have been the number one overall seed, but Kellen Moore trying to shift this thing back to the passing game because he saw something on film, right? And we're a 40-burger we're a offense. I, th- I think that has, has been fool's gold for these Cowboys. 5-1-0. Hey, Galvin. Oh, sorry, Brian. Yeah, real quick. I think this is only going to be as good as the offensive line coach that he hires. That yes, that that's very important. You know, I yeah. I, I I I I think the offensive line coach and the players are the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, to 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 get better for next year. Okay, Gavin. What about Emmett Smith's separated shoulder against the Giants? That's higher. That's absolutely higher than both those sprained ankle. Thank you. Thank and you. Jack Youngblood. Me or running back going head and shoulders first through holes. For two hours with a separated shoulder? Oh, Brian, you're gonna be a Debbie Downer about No, I'm I'm not. I'm not. Thank you. Can I off the air tell you some stuff about this? Is he gonna break my heart? Uh, it might. Why can't you tell it on the air? I don't want to. Come I'm on. sorry, I shouldn't even brought it up. I'll listen you know, to you it. Shouldn't but have. I shouldn't have brought it up. A broken anything is more impressive than a sprained anything. Yeah. I disagree. I have uh I, I sprained I disagree. my <laughs> I sprained my ankle so many times that I I needed ankle uh a- ankle reconstruction. Yeah. That's what I did. Uh it's it's very painful and it's swelling. Yeah, no, my sister just had to do the same thing. Yeah. And I think she just kept respraining, respraining, yes. and now the whole thing's had to be reconstructed. They called me gummy ankles. They were always turning over. And I got pretty good at just playing through the pain. Uh, but sometimes you'd get one that would put you off of your feet for, you know, three to five weeks or something like that. No Ronnie Lott amputation. No, that was a finger. That's nothing. <laughs> That's nothing. Put uh, it off. Uh, Dawson talks like a crusty. Running the ball is for old football. Yeah, but, you know, when they ran the ball this year, they set up so many big plays. I'm running the ball just to get to man coverage. And... um you know, you fall in love with all the passing numbers, but I'll tell you what what the numbers people don't acknowledge about the passing numbers. They can only be that good because you do run the football sometimes. Yeah. So whether it's two to one or one to one, you need the run to keep the defense honest. And the better you run, the crappier your quarterback can be, and you can still play at a at a very high level. Well, and it might be old football, but it will always be winning football. Yeah, the two teams had, in the NFC Championship game, yeah. really good running teams. You have a you have a you had more interceptions than fumbles. You know, running the ball. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, this year you did. Oh, you had a, yeah. yeah. You had a lot more. You know. You talk about being crusty and throwing the ball, or you know, yeah. running the ball and that, but you did have more turnovers throwing the ball than you did anything did it this year. You know, and, and then another thing, and then I'm going to come back. I'm I'm trying to make Dak as good as possible, but the other thing that Dak Homer has to realize is, you know, if you're in this spot and you're saying, well, that's old school crusty football. We need to go into the future where you can pass. Then you need a quarterback that plays with accuracy and anticipation enough to make that game plan work. You know, you get mad at second and eight, but I, I've seen so many second and tens the last three years since Kellen Moore has been tinkering with this idea of let's pass more and more with Dak. I think it kind of started in 2019. So many second and tens. It just doesn't add up. You know, what ends up happening is you decide you're going to pass a bunch. You end up passing 50 times for 14 points. You're like, oh, wow, how didn't we score? We were passing so much because the defense was sitting on it all game long. And Kellen Moore executed multiple game plans this year where you were getting plenty of yards per attempt, but he believed that the numbers say you pass more, you score more. And it it, it bit them significantly. So my belief is that Kellen Moore is going to pull the plug on that 
that idea that that uh, popped up its ugly head a couple of times. Thank you so much for the text. It's really a good conversation. And I do believe we saw, you know, Willis Reed coming down from the from from uh, the concourse for the New York Knicks in like 1973. 19, yeah. That's that's how legendary that play is going to be. It'll live in infamy. We got the best <laughs> of the weekend coming up. Everything that was amazing over the last 48 hours here next in the G-Bag Nation. Yes, sir. Thank you, Lucius. Uh, and thanks to everybody for making us part of your day. Oh, it's very slow going coming central uh, through Dallas now southbound. Northbound's creeping pretty slow as well. I'd say maybe 35 miles per hour, even though traffic is not that thick. People are being cautious as uh, traffic is slowing down and the sleet and freezing rain is here. It is time now for Woolchuck to deliver the best of the weekend. So much great audio from the championship weekend on Sunday. The majority of it was Chiefs Bengals. Uh, we have some from the Bengals side, but we had a lot of get back talking from the Chiefs side. And we will begin with Travis Kelsey. This is after the Chiefs, of course, win. They're celebrating. And you have Tracy Wolfson, who is of CBS Sports. She's interviewing Patrick Mahomes. They've just won the AFC Championship, their third in five years. They're going back to the Super Bowl. Travis Kelsey comes over, takes over the interview, and he had a little message about Burrowhead to the Cincinnati faithful. Whoa! Burrowhead my ass! Whoa! It's Mahomes' house! You know, I did not uh, understand what he was saying at the time because I was moving through the house and Remy was yelling at me. Uh, I heard that in the background. I was like, what was that? Now it makes sense. First off, the Kelsey brothers, I think, are amazing. Uh, You also had Jason Kelsey, who is going to the Super Bowl. They're the first two set of brothers to play each other in a Super Bowl in NFL history. Jason Kelsey, the outstanding center for the Eagles, and then Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Chiefs. Uh, Now, Kelsey, who roots for the Chiefs, now has said, I'm no longer a Chiefs fan. As soon as the Chiefs won and he knew, okay, that's the matchup, he took to Twitter and said, nope, not a Chiefs fan anymore. Uh, Now you had Travis Kelsey, who continued on and had a message for the Cincinnati mayor after his troll job last week saying that Joe Burrow was was basically Patrick Mahomes' daddy. I appreciate you. How about this beautiful trophy? Hey, I got some wise words for that Cincinnati mayor. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. <laughs> you gotta fight for your right to party. I knew he was gonna be up for one more of those. Wow, he's not even drinking yet. Nope. Wow. Jeez. Know your role and shut your mouth, you jabroni. Now, uh, the Cincinnati mayor replied. Peggy and Troy Hughes have to love that, man. Yeah, Yeah, I deserve that. One pro. Oh, that's what he said? Yeah. Okay. He said, congrats to KC on a well-fought win and good luck in Arizona. Proud of our fans and our Bengals for the energy all year. Who day? But he he took it. That or you can either yeah. just like stay off Twitter for a week and it kind of goes away. Is that the key? <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you know a little bit. Yeah, that. just kind of let it just kind of die yeah, down, you know? you know, and then then hope nobody remembers, you know, kind of a thing. Well, the victory celebration continued. You had Patrick Mahomes' father, former professional baseball player, and uh, he talked about 
his celebration and his feelings afterwards as well. You got a cigar on your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow. I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. <laughs> How's it feel to be headed back to the Super Bowl? Uh, it feels great, you know. You know, my big boy did what he always do. You know, he's going to show up and, and show out, and I'm just glad he did it. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Uh, this is definitely the launch point of the rivalry. Oh, yeah. Like it was building, and this one set it off for the next decade. So you think, you know, Mahomes hasn't really commented a ton on it this week, but afterwards, post-game presser, they're asking Mahomes about the trash talk, and, well, he didn't hold back on how it affected him. Yeah, I mean, you got Burrowhead. You said, I mean, they beat us last time. They were talking about we, we got to play them. There was a lot of stuff. I mean, the mayor came at me, man. I mean, I mean, I understand he's the mayor of Cincinnati, so he has to think about something. But, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's something that you just got to play the football game and then let your play do the talking. You, you made a man. That is a Muppet. Yeah, he does sound so that interesting. That sounds like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when we interviewed him at, at, uh, at the Super Bowl in Houston. He was getting ready. His agent uh, brought him by, and I was like, Wow, this is, is crazy. Lee Steinberg? Lee Steinberg brought him by. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I couldn't believe how he talked. And and it, it's still a par, part of his story. But I think the, the clear goat here is the, the, the mayor and all of Cincinnati for getting way too overconfident. You inspired a man who is playing on just one ankle to run for the game-winning play, Brian. I know you can appreciate that. No, I absolutely can. I appreciate you kind of framing it that way. Man. That, that they had to go out. He was playing. There was no he way. He was playing against a politician. There, there was, was no, no way. way that he yeah. could have got that done yeah. except for the extra motivation that From politician the- <laughs> gave him, Zach. Okay. Now, we are getting some texts in here about. Is that very Laura Miller-like? I think so. Very Laura Miller-like here with, like, parade Kinda routes. Oh, and the parade thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't do that. You can't do that. Uh, and they might have just jinxed themselves. But some texts about Travis Kelsey's teeth. They did look very yellow. They looked very placky. It was almost as if Travis Kelsey forgot to brush his teeth in the morning. Oh, no. I don't think typically this is an issue for Travis Kelsey, but because the text came in, I thought the same thing during his postgame. Maybe that placky? helps the trash talk. I don't brush on on game day. Like, look, game. Maybe he just rolled out yeah. of bed late. It was like, oh, shoot, I got to get to the stadium, you know, and I just get forgot. my face, you know, it, just forgot. But it, it did look a little bit. He had I can't really talk. Teeth my issues. teeth are very yellow. Yeah, are they? Yeah, yeah I'm a I don't, big coffee, Diet Coke guy over the years. For as pale as you are, though, I don't notice. <laughs> yeah, it's because I hide them well, you I do? guess. You're just like, yeah. oh, don't look at me. Don't look at my teeth. Uh, okay, the big issue, though, was Joseph Osai. Yeah. Former Texas Longhorn. Is he okay? Uh, I don't. I haven't gotten reports on the injury because he did get hurt in that on that play. Yeah. But this was a badass moment because you, you did have a couple of former bang, or other Bengal players that were not happy about this. Jermaine Pratt, for one, I'll get to him in a moment. But post game, he's got to sit there and he's got to take all the questions from reporters. So B.J. Hill, their defensive tackle, he's next to him in the locker room. He comes over, big brother moment. Here's B.J. Hill standing next to Joseph Osai as he gets, he's he's asked and has to listen to all these post-game presser questions. Dumb question. Come on. He he played his butt off the whole game. That's that's a different question. Overall, I mean, what it looked like guys were coming up to you on the sideline as you went through that. I mean, what was that like having guys come up and, and kind of go? Uh, kind of- like I said it was great knowing that I had my the support of my teammates, and um, I just gotta, I gotta like Sam was saying, I gotta learn from experience and 
Um, I got to know not to not to get close to that quarterback when he's close to that sideline. If, if there's anything that could uh, possibly cause a penalty in a dire situation like that, I got to do better. Things are happening so fast there, obviously. Do you, do you, did you have any idea you were, you were at that sideline there? I mean, obviously you're in full chase. and you know, Yeah, I was just in full chase mode, and I was trying to, um, was trying to push him to maybe um, – get him going backwards because I knew he was going for that sideline. I was trying to make him go backwards, get that clock running. But um, I, I didn't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't know how far out of bounds we were. But, um, yeah. Did you get injured on that? Yeah, my knee buckled a little bit, but we're um, we're going to take care of him and get MRI. Yeah, so I, I haven't heard about the MRI, MRI results, but I just loved in the beginning B.J. Hill of that's like, dumb question, dumb question. He played his butt off today. Ask him another question. He needed that support. He got it from a lot of his coaches afterwards. You did have one of his teammates, uh, Jermaine Pratt, who was caught, and it's gone viral afterwards. He goes to the locker room, and he's saying, why the bleep did you hit the quarterback afterwards? And he was asked about it, and mm. he said... You know, it's just, it's raw. I have feelings sometimes that are raw. If you love something as much as I do, sometimes things will be said in the heat of the moment. But he acknowledged he was being a bad teammate there and apologized. But, I mean, look, it happens. Uh, and Joseph side today, he's, he's definitely getting roasted by the city it of sucks. It sucks when a guy's crying and a teammate's jumping on him for it. It's clear that he felt bad enough. Uh, but some people need to vent in their own way. Uh, I, I thought it was awesome how most of his teammates were to him last night, and I understand um, because those are such quirky plays, and, and you don't know if the if the if the quarterback is going to use that sideline to his advantage. And he was running so hard, you can see as he tries to plant his foot, mm. just everything was out of rhythm, and he, that thing really overextended and twisted and turned, and he got injured. He was trying so hard to get to the sideline and then stop. You know, that I, I believe it, it, it has given him a significant uh, setback to start the offseason. Philly certainly phillied yesterday as city officials began to take precautionary steps once the outcome of their game became very clear that they were going to win. Prior to its conclusion, they began to grease the light poles to discourage fans from climbing them in the postgame celebration. Now, I don't have the numbers on how much feces was consumed. But I'm sure there was quite a lot yesterday as well. Uh, But the best video that I've seen so far, you had Eagle fans that were standing on a bus stop. And because of the weight of the 10-plus individuals, it caused the roof to cave in and the bodies to go flying. Uh, You also had multiple fans that were caught on video, of course, fighting with each other because that usually goes down in Philadelphia, lighting fireworks, boozing, which, you know, hey, everybody's going to do that. And then they still were able to climb on those poles that they lubed up there in Philadelphia. But uh, they're partying. And one day, I guess we can just dream that maybe we'll get to party like that here in downtown Dallas. Yes, and we can hope that the flight's too long, and we can uh, rejoice in the fact that in Arizona we're not in a food court like uh, we were in Minnesota the last time the Eagles played a Super Bowl because they gathered around Radio Row and sang that damn Fly Eagles Fly song. You know, so there we actually have a fighting chance of ignoring the fact that Philadelphia is there. Now, I'd like to conclude best of the weekend with fair or foul. Did you guys see what the Empire State Building did? Foul. Yeah, I see it. I tend to do this as well. Do you think if the Cowboys had won that, that they were going to do that for the Cowboys? I don't know, but they did it for both teams. So if you missed it, 
the Empire State Building, and they put it on social media. So they did it for the Chiefs as well? They did. So right after okay. the Eagles won, they ended up making the Empire State, uh, they, they turned the, changed the colors of the Empire State Building to green and white in honor of the Eagles' NFC Championship victory. It's a division rival in the state of New York. To me, it's extremely foul. You don't do this. And they're catching a lot of heat in their own city for doing it. Now, later on in the night, once the Chiefs won, they said, this hurts us more than it hurts you. We're now lit for the Chiefs in honor of their AFC championship win. And they changed it to white and to red. But I don't think that they need to be doing this. No, I mean, I, I don't think so at all. To me, that's like it's funny because I saw the comments, the New York Giants Twitter, uh, you know, their Twitter group, the team's Twitter uh, people were saying, "We're here for the comments." You know, they tweet at the Empire State Building, like, "We're here for the comments," just to see, you know. But I, I don't think it's necessary that you you light up your city for any other sports team. No, I, I, like I say, we got what the Omni Hotel here downtown. Yeah. yeah, if they had like the big like Eagles logo on that, I I would feel like crap. That would be breaking news on Channel Four and Channel Five and everything. That, that would be yeah. breaking news. That would here. be yeah. yeah. Why would, is the Eagles flying in Dallas? Yeah, that would be a huge problem. I think to a lot of fans that are driving by and seeing that. Amen. Poor taste. Thank you, Wolchuk. It is the G Back Nation here on one hundred five three. The fan. We have Todd Archer from ESPN, great Cowboys reporter, joins us next in the G Back Nation. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.